Thanks for downloading this History Hub podcast. This podcast is brought to you in association with Globalizing the Rising, 1916 in Context, a major conference which will take place in University College Dublin on the 5th and 6th of February 2016. For more information, go to centenaries.ucd.ie. In this episode, a paper recorded at the Universities in Revolution and State Formation Conference, which took place in UCD Newman House on the 5th and 6th of June 2015. This project was funded by an Irish Research Council New Foundations Award and by a University College Dublin Decade of Centenaries Award. Podcasting was by Real Smart Media. This episode features a recording from Panel 1, Enlightened Radicals, Students and Social Change, 1790-1848. The paper, The Sicilian Universities Between 1812 and 1848, Political Activism and Training of the Elites, was given by Dr. Francesca Frizzone of the University of Messina. Before starting, I'd like to thank the organizer of the conference for having accepted my proposal, the UCD Center for War Studies, Connor and Susan Darcy, for their kind assistance and welcome. During the course of this paper, I will try to reflect on the theme of the circulation of ideas and their transmissions in the Sicilian universities during the years of transition from the ancient regime to contemporary society. The question is connected to the theme of the formation of the ruling classes in a geographical context, as already pointed out by historiography, which in reality is characterized by diverse socioeconomic factors. At the moment, for reasons of time, I will not enter into the details of the differences. In extreme synthesis, in the western and interior parts of the island, at the beginning of the 19th century, the economy was mainly one of self-consumption, founded almost completely on wheat production and grazing of livestock on landed estates. Palermo was located here. It was the capital of the kingdom, the seat of the government affairs, of justice and taxation, as well as the residence of the major Sicilian noble families, whose wealth depended substantially on the revenue from the landed estates. In the eastern part, and above all in the coastal cities uh, such as Messina and Catania, over the course of the centuries, a series of economic uh, activities flourished essentially tied to mercantile and business traffic, which in the first part of the 19th century was animated by the urban aristocracy and by a bourgeoisie which implemented a modest but dynamic production, centered on the transformation of raw materials such as hides, leather, barrels, flour and pasta. Therefore, as a counterpoint to the centuries-old landowner tradition, there was an active middle class, both cosmopolitan and resourceful, which was dedicated to commerce and to the liberal professions. The presence of such diversification determined, as you can easily imagine, the growth of often divergent political orientations. At the beginning of the 19th century, the aristocracy still held steadfast control of the Sicilian political system, occupying the bench of the more important institutions, such as the Parliament and the Deputazione del Regno, which was made up of deputies from each branch of the Parliament and was in charge of tax collection. The ground-landed gentry aspired, both for tradition and clearly for gain, to independence from the Kingdom of Naples, 
In opposition, the more dynamic part of the island society, the bourgeoisie of commerce and business, remain quite distant from the idea and the myth of the Sicilian nation and was rather oriented towards the liberal, when not openly democratic, positions, which was growing in Europe between the second half of the 18th century and the beginning of the 19th century. I had the opportunity to verify this divergence of position during my PhD research. In the years between 1813 and 1815, this divergence translated into a political administrative dispute, which took place during the elections that were held on the basis of the very restricted suffrage for the House of Commons and the Civic Councils instituted by the Constitution in 1812. At the breakout of the uprising of the 1812-1821, while Palermo's aristocracy sided in favor of the independence of the Kingdom of Sicily and requested the restatement of the Constitution of 1812, the urban classes which took office in Messina, Catania and Syracuse opted for a solution which held the Kingdom of Naples and of Sicily together but was founded on a much more democratic constitutional model such as the Spanish Constitution of Cadiz promulgated in 1812. After the violent repression of uprisings of 1821 in the two-year period between 1847 and 1848, the operational core of the Sicilian conspiracy managed to give life to a new constitutional experience. The General Parliament of Sicily was summoned once again. Revolutionary committees took office at the head of the Sicilian cities and the theme of independence from Naples returned to animate the political debate. The diverse souls of the democratic movement, Mazzinian and Republican, together with the more moderate part of the island's liberalism, which sided with the monarchic constitutional movement, was in opposition to the independentists who were oriented towards the idea of an autonomous Sicily within a federation of Italian states. Messina, for example, supported the pro-Republican and Mazzinian positions, while Palermo remained on the autonomist and federalist side. This is the context in which I will try to describe in a synthetic manner the role played by the universities and by the diverse cultural institutions anticipating the first result of the research in progress according according to an interpretation which starting from the study of the diverse shapes of formalized associations analyzes the process of the construction of the liberal state. I will limit myself here to citing only some of the cases which serve to exemplify, above all at political level, the role played by some of the Sicilian university professors during the first half of the 19th century, deferring more detailed consideration for a possible essay. The tradition of uh, university study and teaching was historically a prerogative of the three major cities of the island and was, at first, in the form of colleges managed by Jesuits and later, in 1767, after the expulsion of the order from Sicily, by royal academies or by boarding school for nobles. The royal academies sometimes had been the original core on which were reconstructed the university. 
while Catania maintained a studium generale since the 16th century, Palermo opened its college only in 1806, when the Royal Academy was upgraded into university by the king. Diverse was the case of Messina. Here, in the 16th century, Ignacio de Loyola founded the first Jesuitic university of Europe. During the centuries, the studium represented the most important political cultural reality in the city, to the point that, after the anti-Spanish revolt in 1674, the university was closed immediately, as the Senate and the many academies, in order to deprive the city, among other things, of one of the places where the elite cultivated their political and ideological autonomy. Side by side with the, university, uh, with the universities, a number of academies, private cabinets, and salons, uh, French salons, spread widely on the island. Just think that uh, between the 17th and 18th centuries, uh, 122 academies arose, of which 39 were in Palermo, 16 in Messina, and 12 in Catania. The same scholars were part of it in the role of active members of our founders. Through this form of associations, the teachers had established a useful network with the Italian and European intellectual panorama, from which they took, uh, they took suggestions and ideas, kept them in step with the times. This is also exemplified by the precocious emer uh, em emergence on the island of illuminism and rationalism, or the subsequent diffusion of Jacobinism, Jacobinism, spread by the presence of several Freemasons' lodges, which during the same years were profoundly renewed in their social composition and in their contents, opening up themselves to the bourgeoisie, to political themes, thus assuming a speculative dimension. With the end of Jesuit control on the Sicilian instruction, the field of university studies was also gradually renewed in a lay and rationalist sense. Trained by professors who were not at all strangers to these new scientific and cultural horizons, the ruling classes at the beginning of the 19th century were open to welcoming the new suggestion which arose in the aftermath of the French Revolution and immediately uh, following uh, the ideological and military dispute between France and England. During the years of the English occupation of Sicily, the more enlightened uh, elements of the aristocracy of the island had been fascinated by the British institutional and cultural model. Anglomania had become a, uh, a tendency with significant political repercussions because Great Britain became the example of the much hoped for reform of the Sicilian parliamentary institutions. In the island, in fact, studies and publications which spoke to the origins of the Sicilian institutions start to spring up. For example, we remind the experience of the canon Rosario Gregorio, member of uh, Accademia del Buon Gusto di Palermo and professor of the university. He reconstructed the historical fundamentals of the national autonomy of Sicily by analyzing its institutions and the peculiarity of its feudal law, that centuries-old set of prerogatives stored by the barons. 
The studies of Rosario Gregorio grown up in the part of the island dominated by the noble, uh, noble element and soon became a form of ideological prop to the oligarchic tendencies of the Sicilian aristocracy, which supported the conviction for independence. Other scholars also animated the scientific and cultural debate in Palermo from within the academies and private circles in the name of the most modern liberal ideals. All of those men had a primary role in the political events of the period between 1812 and 1848. Both members of parliament and Carbonari, these intellectuals became the spiritual and ideal guide of the revolutionary movement. Think over the case of the abbot Paolo Balsamo, a scholar of economics of, um, and a dialogue of the English party, the group of nobles who gave body to the constitutional experience of 1812. Having studied in Great, in Great Britain, Paolo Balsamo, transposing the new liberals and the reformers impulses, especially in economic matters, and theorized, uh, theorized the need for a speed overcoming of feudal ideas gaining independence, but never sympathized with the French egalitarian principles, which in the meantime were spreading. He wrote the basis of the Constitution of 1812, was also a member of Parliament in the period between 1812 and 1815. At the same circle of intellectuals also belonged Ignazio Lidoni, teacher of logic, member of the House of Commons in charge of represent the university in 1814. On a more democratic side, we can find uh, instead Domenico Scinà, uh, teacher of uh, the Ac Academia di Palermo, defined by one of his most famous pupils, the Democrat Michele Amari, an educator, revolutionary, and an atheist. The teachings of these intellectuals, which transposed the most recent influences of the French and English culture, met the appreciation of a part of the island's uh, aristocracy, who was sensitized towards the uh, hypothesis, hypothesis of the reform of the old feudal system. During the years of the Restoration, the university remained the center of the cultural and political life in Palermo, where the group of intellectuals who still referred to Lidoni, to Sina, and Michele Fodera, brother of the now uh, Carbonaro and lawyer Filippo Fodera, operated in a climate of renewed sensitivity towards democratic ideals and uh, socialist uh, utopia. They became an active part of the conspiracy which in 1812 guided the anti-Bourbon uprising uh, which desired a return to the independence of the island and the restatement of the chart of 1812 and again in 1848 when the second revolutionary attempt resulted in the summons of the General Parliament of Sicily. In turn, the eastern part of the island also maintained a high level of the cultural activity with a proliferation of academies, circles, and the publication of many periodicals. These activities were facilitated by fre uh, frequent contacts with the more progressive climate of the Neapolitans and Calabresi, as well as the general European scientific and Freemasons panorama. Some institutions, such as the University of Catania, did not easily embrace the general climate of renewal. 
starting from the, um, the 18th century, in fact, a general modernizing of the teaching system uh, was requested for, uh, by the more far-sighted of intellectuals in order to guarantee an adequate training of the local elite and of the future ruling classes who would have had to decipher a word, a word in transformation. In Catania, grown up a diverse trend on the side of anti-baronists advocated by scholars as Agostino de Cosmi. Many of uh, his students, the brothers Vincenzo e Carlo Gagliani, Emanuele Bra uh, Rossi, Pasquale Ninfo, Giovanni Erdizzone, all young professionals who had been trained according, according to lay and democratic principles, who had been influenced by long periods of permanence abroad and were sensitized uh, to revolutionary ideals, ended up by representing the core opposition to the aristocratic constitutional party within the parliament of 1813 and 1815. The chronicles of the time accused them of being, uh, of being uh, reckless Jacobinians. Many university professors who, who, uh, who would go on to animate the uprising of 1837 and 1848 were also trained in this atmosphere. Giovanni Sardo, Innocenzo Fulci and Francesco Fulci were all members of the famous Accademia Joenia, which between uh, 1812 and 1830 uh, included both the citizen elite and the same protagonists of the constitutional experience of 1812. Within the uh, academia, the scholars uh, could exchange freely their opinions, escaping the rigid censorship, as well as develop their intellectual abilities in light of romantic, patriotic, and revolutionary ideals. In the same years, the mixing of the educational role and the political activism of the university body was being connecting, and the university body was identified as the animator of the carbonari cells consequently subjected to radical purges uh, by the Junta di Scrutinio. Once again, in 1848, the University of Catania hosted the meeting of the Revolutionary Committee by order of the rector Carlo Gemellaro, who was openly anti-Borbonic, while the presidency of the committee was entrusted to Francesco Marletta, a member of the faculty of the same university. Also in Messina, the cultural dimension had been uh, reorganizing itself since the uh, 1830. Around the scientific and literary academies, such as the Accademia dei Riparatori, l'Accademia dei Pericolanti and l'Accademia Carolina, where exponents from the world of teaching, from religious orders and public officials, as well as the more typical model of the sociabilité uh, d'élite, associ the associations frequented by the noble gentry, bankers and businessmen, such as the Circolo della Borsa. This is where liberal and progressive ideals, which were more similar to the ethics and the interest of the social and economic component prevalent in the city, the bourgeoisie of business and professions, were shared and spread by the numerous uh, Freemasons lodges, which had found precocious collocation and fertile ground in the city of the Strait. Within the varied world of the uh, citizen associations, the cultured classes, beyond their scientific interests, realized their civil responsibility through teaching and forming the ruling classes in the groove of the founding values of the citizen's identity, self-government, and political autonomy. 
It is um, therefore clear that the anti-Bourbon position, the aversion to the independent, independentist politics of the Palermo nobility, were to be consolidated, and that in the years following the restoration, the intellectuals who were sworn to secrecy would follow their own political and civil teachings from the rows of the Carbonari. In 1838, the University of Messina reopened. Professors worthy of mention were Carmelo Lafarina, uh, Anastasio Cocco, Felice Bisazza, who were also collaborators or founders of the cities and academies and periodicals. The city's bourgeoisie, who needed a political affirmation uh, to likewise sanction its economic growth, characterized the social makeup of these associations in a predominant manner. We must also remember that in 1837, a democratic committee was founded in Messina, witness not only to the integration of the Mazinian thought, but also to the close relationship between the people and the democratic framework of Marseille and Malta, as well as with the Neapolitans, where many political exiles were to be found, including Mazzini. In Messina, the uprising broke up uh, early in September of 1847, the participation in the National Risorgimento movement had already been decided by the local ruling classes. Here, the anti-Bourbonic front was in part made up of republic position and in part of those who supported the constitutional monarchy. They were still divergent from the Palermo Revolutionary Front, which was moderate, liberal and oriented towards autonomous sol uh, solutions. The diversity of position on the revolutionary front was determinant in the failure of the Sicilian uprising of 1847 and 1848, and above all, it manifested the various perspectives with which the island participated in the Italian Risorgimento. Particular interests, municip uh, municipality loyalties and political strategies were entwined with the process of the ideological construction of the future national state. Cities like Messina looked to it with liberal passion in relation to the long political internship exercised by the ruling classes through the, associa the associations and the conspiracy. Different institutional outcomes were welcomed, either republican or monarchic constitutional, but never independentist. On the other hand, in Palermo, where the nobles prevailed, the ruling classes strongly influenced the slowdown of the transition process to the liberal state, orienting it towards a model centered on the autonomy of the Sicilian nation. It's also true that in Palermo, a part of the cultural classes was not a stranger to the debate and the reflection on the French and English constitutional models. In conclusion, the role of the university and, and of the diverse associations which spread culture during the delicate years of the transition from the ancient regime to contemporary society was very important, also in a context considered to be historically backwards as was the Sicilian one. It appears to be very relevant in the terms of the diffusion of the more general scientific and cultural debate which was being carried out on the European continent and on the level of the ability of the intellectuals to join the ruling classes among the new values of equality, of liberty and progress, which are at the basis of the construction of the modern form of the constitutional state. 
And finally, as regards the public opinion or the formation of the first associations of interests, which in the second part of the 19th century in Italy, late with respect to the other European nations, would give life to a modern political parties. Thank you.